How about that? I just want you to know I fell uh, when I tried to do that in my yard. <laughs> Happy Mother's Day, everybody. So I learned to ride a bike much later than most people uh, in my friend group growing up. In fact, I was probably the last one to learn. Lacking confidence, I would keep looking down when I'd ride. You know, when you start getting wobbly and you look down at that bike and you go back and forth, and eventually I would tip. And even though that I practiced and I practiced and I practiced, I just kept falling down. That's not, we didn't wear helmets back then either, by the way. Some of you are saying that explains a lot, but my parents would teach and encourage me and kept saying, you can do it, you can do it. But I was convinced that I needed the safety of these training wheels. I needed the safety of these training wheels. You know, today starts a three-week series called Big Moments. Big Moments in the Scripture, Big Moments in Our Lives, and we'll look at the intersection of the two. And, you know, I have found that many of us, at least some of the time, like the security of the training wheels. We like the safety that it gives us. So fast forward from that eight-year-old boy, 30 years later. Similar idea, different circumstances. I served here for about eight years at Hyde Park. I was on staff at that time for eight years. I learned how to follow Jesus in this church, people showed me, people pointed, they illustrated, they corrected me, they taught me. And you know, Jim Harnish, the former senior pastor, was a huge part of that. And then in late 2013, I was invited to lead some effort that was going to begin downtown. What it was, nobody had a clue. I was very excited. It was a big challenge. It was a big moment for me. I was scared, too. And everybody knew that Jim was on the back nine of his career, maybe at the 19th hole, I don't know. He was in the back nine of his career, and we knew that he was going to stay around about a year and a half longer. I was immensely grateful for that because that was like my training wheels. And then just a few months later, he announced he was leaving a year early. You see, sometimes in life, we disassemble and take the training wheels off, and other times, life rips them off for us, and we don't feel ready. Those are often the big moments of our life and in our faith. We stand on the edge at those moments. We tense up as we gaze into unknowing and we stare it right in the face. And you know what happens during times like that when we're on the edge and we're, our thoughts start to tell us things, doesn't it? You can't do it. You're not good enough. You're fail. Tells us a lot of things like that. Moments like these come in work, they come in personal relationships, and yes, in our faith journeys too. We long for the training wheels, 
We long for the training wheels. And what's in short supply in times like that, whether it's something exciting or something tragic, is trust. Is really trusting. Trust. Trusting Jesus when life is really exciting and challenging or heartbreaking and tragic, that's God's invitation to us, to you, to me, to this church. What God is saying to you is you don't need the training wheels. You don't need the training wheels. You need me. And while you pedal, you're going to have to do some pedaling and you might tip over and fall down. You're never, ever going to ride alone. You're not just going to ride alone. So here's my question for you. In your life's big moments, how are you doing? How is your trust in God? How are you doing navigating the big moments of your faith journey or your life? So to the disciples we go, it seems like they have big moments at every turn in the scripture. That's what they write about. I mean, you think about it. Here are these guys uneducated. They say yes to Jesus to leave everything they know behind. That's a big moment. They live and they dine and they learn and they preach this kingdom of God that they didn't yet fully understand. Those are big moments. And they do it under the cloak of danger and uh, potential exclusion from the temple and the religious culture at large. Earlier in Luke, this was Luke 24, but in Luke 10, they're sent two by two out to proclaim God's new kingdom. And Jesus says he's sending them out like lambs amidst the wolves with nothing but trust. Doesn't send them with any money, doesn't send them with any staff, none of that, just trust. He was preparing them for later. They tipped over a bunch and often missed the point. Even after finding the point, they would often miss the point. And I think that's true for us too. But Jesus is with them, encouraging, rebuking, and showing how to best love God and to best love others and to love those on the margins, to love those who the culture, nobody else wants to look at and see. He's teaching them and showing them and telling them what must happen, although they're pretty good at missing the point. Then after this time of preparation comes Holy Week and everything's turned upside down. The disciples' trust and faith wane. Jesus then appears to them again in this post-resurrection as the risen, crucified Christ in bodily form with, with the wounds, but he's still present with them. And he says, all this big mess that's happening, all these big moments that you thought it was going to be one way and it's not, it's something else, and you're thrusted out on your own was supposed to happen. And now in this moment, in this scripture that we read, it's called the ascension. It's another big moment. It's a huge transition. But you know what's kind of ironic? The, the church tradition has this whole Sunday for it, and it's like one half of one verse. Let's look at it up on the uh, screen. It says, while he was blessing them, he left them and was taken into heaven. Ascended. Ascension. That was the moment that he left. And it marked 
a new beginning because Jesus pivots for the disciples from a seen presence, whether in its earthly God-man form or the uh, risen, crucified Christ form, to unseen, gone, vanished, done. How they knew and experienced and trusted him, the way that the training wheels, when they were falling uh, around and tipping over, was no longer there. They're at the edge of a new unknown, a new big moment. And this moment is so powerful for us to understand. And I'm not talking about the, the metaphysical transition to heaven, and that's important. But it's the pivot from Jesus' earthly presence shaping the disciples to the mission that the church, which is us, is to take over. And God's unseen presence guiding us. Disciples who are then to go make disciples, who make God's love real to others, proclaiming a new kingdom, proclaiming the repentance, the turning around from what we think we're supposed to do to forgiving and trusting in the love and power of Jesus Christ, the forgiveness of sins, our own brokenness, and trusting that it's only God's grace, it's only God's love, it's only God's presence that transforms us to take on the burden and the joy of this mission of a new kingdom to make God's love real here and now as we prepare for later. So how are you doing with that? You don't have to answer that out loud. Although you can if you want. How are you doing with the big moment that you and me and this church is to go and proclaim not only with our lips and our tongues, but with our action that there is a new kingdom and there is nothing that anyone can do to to earn God's love. Nothing. You already have it. You all, it's already there. But paradoxically, we're totally worthy and we're totally unworthy and both are true at the exact same time. And when you experience that, you can't help but share it. And that's why these disciples were joyful in this pivotal moment. You know, I'm gonna go, I'm just, I'm gonna forget that. Um, I was thinking about this. I want you to know, I, I have a confession to make to you. So I told you about that little Jim Harnish thing and um, about me uh, being a part of, and I had a team, it wasn't just me. We have a team, it's, it's a bunch of people. But I, there were times when I wanted the training wheels so bad as we're starting in big moment in my life, in my faith. Right when we started this thing and everything was changing and and I didn't have trust. Actually, I had a lot of fear. I had a lot of fear. And I know that there are people in this room who are going through big moments. And let me tell you why I know that. I know that because I just posted something little on Facebook and I had a nice response from people and saying, what are the big moments in your life when you thought it was going to be one way and then something unwelcome came? And I just want to run through a few of them. One was a child going away, empty nesting with their only child who she raised 
on our own. Another one, somebody said that I moved to a new place to Tampa with no connections, no church, no family, no nothing, starting a whole new life. Another one said I ran for judge and started a new private law practice with no support, really with no experience, kind of doing either one of those things. Somebody else said that I, I was walking with my father towards death. That's a big moment. Walking towards my father with death. Parenthood, it's Mother's Day. Being a parent. Somebody else described, not in the Facebook post, but to me is the holding the NICU child and feeling powerless over that. That's a big moment of faith. Somebody else talked about getting sober, relinquishing the things that hold us back and the scourge that we, the unhealthy relationships and the, and the reliance upon chemicals to change the way we feel that really become our higher power and trying to get sober and do life in a new way. Losing my best friend. I got an email from somebody that their best friend is dying and they did everything together. Moving from seen presence to unseen presence. And a couple of people talked about going through a divorce with two young kids. And one other guy I spent an hour with this last week prepared to go to Afghanistan to be a part of a central command. And at the last moment, because he knew the Afghani uh, language so well, they put him on the ground unit with a battalion in the most dangerous place in Afghanistan while Taliban had a stronghold. What are we going to do in our big moments? How are we going to trust? Some of you are entering a new season in your life. Others of you are trying to rid yourself of harmful addictions or unhealthy relationship. But that's all that you've known. So how do we do it? How do we make this pivot? We didn't have, well, go ahead and throw up the the next slide in scriptures. This is verses 45 through 47. It says this, Then he opened their minds so they could understand the scriptures. He told them, this is what is written. The Messiah will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day and repentance for the forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all nations beginning at Jerusalem. So the disciples had the benefit of the risen Christ opening their minds to the scripture, right? We don't have that presence in that way, but here's what I do know. I can see people in this, in this congregation who I know could help open your eyes to the scripture. There are people in this place that can support you as you look at the life and the death and the resurrection of Jesus to help you proclaim this and own it for yourself. And Nikki shared about small groups and that might be the first way, a way, to be gathered The disciples gathered together. Here are two simple things. They're not rocket science. The first is be in the scripture. How are you all doing about being in the scripture regularly? If you're doing great, great. Maybe you could help somebody else. If you're not doing great, I want to challenge you. For when life's big moments happen, if you're not in the scripture, it's kind of like being on empty and trying to fill your gas tank up rather than having enough gas for the journey along the way. It's hard to try to fill the tank when you're always when you're out in the desert, right? So here, here are just three 
easy ways that you could do this week if you throw the slide up. We have a daily scripture reading that is online every, and there's a uh, bookmark in the back. It's a, it's a green and a little rack, and it follows along, and you can read the scripture every day. It'll take you two minutes. If you have 10 to 12 minutes, you could go to the Pray As You Go podcast, download it, listen to the car. It goes over sp- scripture. It gives you some quiet time each day. And last but not least, you could go to the U version of the Bible app, and they have a uh, scripture every day that you could read and reflect on. God speaks to us through the scriptures. When I was going through what I felt like a really desert time and trying to um, be a part of leading whatever downtown was going to be, there were times of intense fear where I felt very alone. And the scripture really helped me, and here's how it helped me. I memorized a few. And when I started getting those thoughts, you can't do it. You can't do it. You know, whatever those thoughts are, I would say those scriptures out loud. And let me tell you one that I love was one of my favorites. It is one of my favorites. And I've taught it to my kids when they feel anxious or scared or lonely or abandoned. God doesn't give us a spirit of fear, but a spirit of power and of love and of self-discipline. If you have a couple of scriptures like that in your pocket, God will speak to you and guide you and support you in that time. Secondly, so being in the scripture is one. And then the second is being together. Even if you're not in a formalized small group, you've got to find some other Christians to walk with you along the way. It doesn't even have to be formal. But to find a few, I would say for men, find a few men or find an organized small group or a couples group to kind of go through and do life together. Because when the big moments happen, sometimes they're, we're ready for them and sometimes they're thrusted upon us. These are the people who do big moments better than the folks I've seen try to do it alone. Because doing Christianity and loving God and loving others alone doesn't really work very well in my experience. And I've tried it. Last but not least, Jesus tells the disciples to go into the city and wait. I'm not a wait kind of guy. Vicky laughed harder than I... Uh, Vicky laughed a little harder than I would have liked her to. But that's true. Sometimes we wait on, on the power of the Holy Spirit to show up at the exact right time. The Holy Spirit shows up when the Holy Spirit wants to show up, but as we give our lives over to God through the scripture and through gathering and through worshiping together like this and inviting our friends and neighbors and participating in the brokenness of the world where we get sent out and we share, we do it not because of our human good, but because God is good. And as we do that, God shows up in the obedience of doing spiritual practices together. The Holy Spirit will show up. I promise you, when you gather, when you're in Scripture, even when you don't. My friend over there, we were talking about the Scripture in our small group this week, and I'm going to leave you with just this last line before I show you a video. He said, sometimes when you're at a big moment and you've been laying down, 
The only way that you can get up is to look up. And that's what the disciples did. And that's what I suggest that we do. We look up, we look in, and we look out. And we're sent. And I hope that that's what you'll do this week. So, taking the training wheels off. Where in your life do you need to take the training wheels off? I hope you'll think about that. I want to show you a a, a little kid who rode his bike um, for the first time. Will you show the video, please? It's very cute if you could hear it. He says, I'm going to ride my big boy bike for the first time. And here he goes. No training wheels. Wobbly at first. Riding it down. He was four years old. There's Bella. This is the best part. He says, I'm going to ride my bigger big boy bike without my training wheels. And then Bella gives him a big kiss. That's what we got to do together. We got to do it in community. Take off our training wheels. Wherever you're struggling in your faith and your life, God is with you. And you never have to ride alone. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. We give back to God through our tithes and offerings.